0: I'd like to welcome you to a program we're going to call Monday Review. We're simply going to take a little time on Mondays to call different pastors, see how their day went on Sunday, uh, how their sermons went, how their service went, a little time of fellowship and let uh, some of our people see what's going on in different parts of the country maybe even different parts of the world we'll try to be a blessing to you through this program and if the lord blesses it we'll keep it going as long as we can today we're going to talk to nathan irie who's the pastor of people's baptist church down in folkestone georgia and so without any delay we'll go ahead and pick him up here hey brother nate yes sir how you doing my brother Doing well, so far. All right. Hey, man, uh, my daughter pointed out to me this past week that we had been here for two years, and what that means to me is that you've been the pastor at People's Baptist Church for two years.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Hey, man, how does that feel?
1: Mm -hmm. I'm not sure yet. Probably still processing that information. I actually just thought about that today, the fact of being here for two years, so uh it feels it feels good i i don't want to make it sound like it's bad it feels feels pretty good to be honest
0: what do you uh, think uh what do you think is maybe you uh, what you would think maybe was your biggest accomplishment in the two years what have you got done do you think
1: honestly a lot of the building maintenance we got The water water had a bad sulfur problem here, and it had extremely hard water, was eating all the fixtures up. So we got that taken care of, uh, I think, within the first six months of being here. We got the windows and the entire church replaced. Uh, We've got the Fellowship Hall, uh, Prophet's Chamber, about half done we got one room and the bathroom entirely redone so we got a lot of building maintenance taken care of within the first two years and right now the focus is really on what it should be on as far as getting the gospel out trying to uh, increase our borders so to speak trying to figure out ways to just find outlets to put gospel tracks going out on the streets and holding signs uh just this past weekend just got on a uh, radio station up in brunswick georgia so
0: what what kind of coverage is that gonna um how, what kind of reach is that gonna have for you what kind of uh, like land I, I, area coverage is that
1: I don't know what the radius would be in miles. Uh, I know that Brunswick is about an hour drive from here, so I'm gonna guess somewhere around 50 miles, and that radio station reaches us pretty well. If you get under a uh, power line, the there's a little bit of ir- interference, uh, just the way that FM radio stations work, I guess. So it's, uh, you know, if, it's, a, it's a guess. It's a guess, but I, I would say maybe a fifty-mile radius might might be more. I'm not sure.
0: Hey man, what does what that about what does that cost? Uh,
1: about seventy-five dollars a week is what they're going to charge us. Seventy-five dollars a broadcast, and we'll be on once a week.
0: You're going to do the preaching on it every week. You're going to have some different guys doing it, or what? Uh,
1: for for right now, it'll be uh, just myself, as far as I know
0: okay all right well the main reason we wanted to start this program was to talk to preachers and we're going to talk to you for a while we're going to use you as a crash test dummy to uh, get some uh, upgrades maybe to equipment and maybe make it where we can not just see my ugly face but we can see both of us and and then once we uh, get all the equipment set up and we'll get some popular preachers and and uh, we'll say goodbye to you
1: (laughs) that sounds good to me (laughs) No,
0: you you know I'm just kidding about that but but yeah man uh, the reason we're having this program is to talk to preachers I know preachers don't usually get to talk to one another unless they're good friends but there are a lot of preachers who actually like one another but don't get a chance to talk to one another on a regular basis so I wanted to start this program just to kind of like ask you a few questions about your service on the Sunday before. Like this is going to be called Monday Review, and we're just going to review Sunday service, talk about services there, uh, maybe a little bit about services here. Uh, but what we want to know really is uh, now you preached a um, sermon yesterday. I'm sure you probably preached three sermons yesterday and I know how it is as a preacher you got you have uh, an outline, you've got in your mind um, you've got it down what you want to say, but in the course of a sermon you don't always get to say everything right. that you thought you would so we'll talk about what you did say and then maybe we'll talk about some things uh you didn't get to say not that you regret not saying it but it just didn't go that way we'll talk about some things like that and uh, if that's okay with you
1: yeah sounds good to me
0: all right how was sunday school
1: uh sunday school i actually didn't teach uh my assistant spike albert and he he taught didn't did real good job uh he's in the book of philippians in philippians chapter one just going verse by verse and so it went, went pretty well
0: and he's teaching every week now
1: he's teaching every week
0: that's good brother brother spike is a good preacher i know if uh, he gets in there and studies real good he always has a, a pretty good perspective on things
1: oh yes he does yes he does
0: Amen. All right. So you preached the morning service uh, service and the evening service.
1: I did. I preached the morning service and evening. Yesterday morning I preached on uh, the thief out of John chapter 10. And then last night I actually it was more of teaching. I've, I've been going through the book of Ephesians. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been uh, I started when I when I took the pastorate. I, I started the book of Ephesians and got through about the first three chapters. And then switched and went to 1 Corinthians. And so now I've gotten about halfway through 1 Corinthians. And now I've gone back to Ephesians. And it seemed a little bit, I, I kind of felt bad about doing that at first. But uh, there's a lot of material that i covered in the first three chapters of Ephesians. And then hitting the first eight chapters of, it's actually first seven chapters of 1 Corinthians. Particularly chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 uh, man it was really timely for our church so it, it was it worked out really well and so I think again where we're at as a church where we're at in Ephesians chapter 4 is very timely
0: so when you say you started teaching the book of Ephesians do you feel like Atlas with the world on his shoulders because that's a pretty hefty that's a pretty hefty book oh, well I-
1: somewhat we i think i kind of had it pretty easy in that regard i've i've heard that said before and i wouldn't disagree with that at all it is a it is a hefty book but we were set up pretty well from the former pastor that was here so i mean he had already been going through that which obviously was you but anyways (laughs) it, it was already set up so really when i went through the first three chapters it was really highlights. I was hitting high points. I dealt with, uh, I took the first chapter trying to basically point out the, the difference between a Christian standing in state and what his standing is in Christ according to Ephesians chapter 1 and really tried to drive that home. Uh, and I, I think that went over pretty well as far as being able to communicate that and then came through uh, Ephesians chapter two dealt with a lot of material there and then Ephesians chapter three tried to just reemphasize the fact that uh, the church was not something that was understood in the Old Testament Uh, that was a revelation that was given to Paul and so talking about all of those things uh, I don't know how to explain it. In my mind, when I try to teach a book, it has—I uh, I try to teach the book in in the context of the book uh, instead of trying to uh, trying to use the book as a platform to teach what I'd like to teach. Yeah. Amen. So I don't I don't know any any better way to say it than that. Yeah. But what that does for me is it helps me understand really what what the author is writing, what he's what he's intending to say, and and I, I'm not talking about getting away from what's actually written. I, I'm not trying to indicate that at all. But I think that there's a, a grand understanding there that's missed by a lot of guys who are going who are teaching verse by verse which i believe is a great method in teaching but they're isolated they're segmented statements right so anyways
0: yeah that's good um the um the method of using a a book or a chapter or a verse to teach the rest of the bible i i'm with you i think Ephesians was meant to teach Ephesians, and then of course the book of Ephesians will go hand in hand with the rest of the Bible. It's part of a larger book. Absolutely. But I think you're right about that. It's uh, the book of Ephesians is trying to say something as a whole. Absolutely. And I I wasn't really uh, thinking of going this way, but you bring up a good point and we'll get back to talking about your your service yesterday but you were talking about uh, and of course I was the pastor of that church before and I'm definitely not here today to talk about me but we we did go through the book of Ephesians quite a bit when I was there and right. it is a gigantic book but what you said about the groundwork being laid there so that it makes your job a little easier this thing is, this. I think this is what's missing in uh, the independent Baptist churches is that one pastor leaves and another guy comes in who's disconnected from the pastor before him. And he, even even if that church has a good foundation laid, the new guy who came from Timbuktu, he doesn't have a clue what they know. And so he's not able to take advantage of that and the people are not able to take advantage of someone who's building on another found on a foundation that somebody else laid so a lot of independent baptist churches suffer from getting a pastor from the outside right because we're all disconnected it, people like to think we're connected because we go to the same camp meetings and you know, right. everybody loves Dr. So-and-so or, or Brother So-and-so, but that's really not the case. There is so much liberty of thought, and I have nothing against liberty of thought, but there's church. so much liberty of thought that we... Uh, a church that it goes in transition from one pastor to the next is really in danger because there's no continuity, I think. And that continuity from pastor to pastor is so uh, and some of these other churches like a methodist church or a presbyterian church and and even a catholic church i mean it's false doctrine but the transition from bishop to bishop or pastor to pastor is is not as dangerous of course it may not matter as much but it's not as dangerous because there is so uh, there's great continuity between the guy that's leaving and the guy that's coming in and and you bring up when you say that it brought to uh, it brought to my mind uh, something that's lacking in independent Baptist churches. Like a, a pastor leaving a church could be devastating to that church.
1: Sure, Even absolutely. If, and, and it it seems to me that it often is. That the problem, it, as far as I can tell, what looks like the issue is, is that. Paul, to to use the uh, to use a biblical illustration, the modern day Paul is either not finding the Timothees, or the Timothees are just simply not available. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the issue is. I mean, I think that both sides could be charged the the follow the the leader and the follower. But at the end of the day, there's not really a whole lot of discipleship. Right. Uh, and and because of that, I I had a distinct advantage in taking this church because not only it, it not only did I uh, know to a, to not only did I have a great insight on what this church knew because I sat here and was being taught the same material, but I in some degrees actually grew with the church because for obvious reasons I was a part of this church here. I was. Uh, I was not a bystander watching a pastor minister to his church. I was a, I was a member of that church being ministered to, in the same way that that church was being ministered to.
0: Right now,
1: so me, it, yeah, go ahead.
0: Let me ask you this along those lines. Now, a person, uh, an, an argument against what we're talking about would be that if if there was. If there was, if we put an emphasis on continuity, then it might take away some liberty from the guy coming in. He might feel stifled. He might feel like he was under the shadow of the guy that left. Just speak from your own experience. And this is good because uh, this wasn't even the plan of of where we were going. But uh, do you feel at all like you've been stifled or that you've been hamstrung? Or that you're living in the shadow of the pastor that was there before you, or have not, you had liberty?
1: Not at all. I, I, as a matter of fact, there were some things that you did during your tenure here that I just made the simple decision not to do, but I made those decisions just because uh you could call it freedom of conscience you could call it well you know i just i didn't feel comfortable about doing x y or z so i just decided not to do it but yeah, i i did so so to answer your question in a simple in a simple way no i don't feel stifled at all but i i have come out with a distinct advantage in the sense that the path has already been blazed for me uh the The administration of the church, the organization of the church has already been set up. Uh, I know how it operates. The people that are here, they know how it operates. And so there is no change at all. And so to, so for a man to be in that kind of situation and, and feel as though, oh man, I, I feel stifled because he did it this way, I... The only thing that I could think of that would make the situation turn out like that is if the guy who took the church is wasn't on board with the program to begin with. Right. So, you know, it, I don't know if that was all that clear, but uh, no, I, I don't feel stifled at all. I feel like I have perfect liberty to do right. Uh, I was listening to a message the other day, as a matter of fact, that you preached, and I don't remember... It's on sermon audio, but it fits very well in this situation. Uh, you were talking about the matter of not believing in a democracy as far as the local church goes. Right. And you made the comment of, you, you said, and I may not get it exactly right, but basically the idea was I believe in everybody having, being in unity about doing what's Right. Right. And man that is that seems on the surface I think to be a tissue paper's worth of difference but man that that is so huge
0: Yes it is it really The thing is, is, is
1: it, man if you if you're interested in the truth you're interested in doing things the way that God set it up then the ideal way it should work is a guy can come in and establish a church just like Paul did come in and evangelize an area organize a church well hey Timothy you stay right here and get this stuff all sorted out because he's not going to do anything different than what Paul was doing Right. right. There's, so so now you've got the ability for churches to uh, be established get organized be sustained and then if that Timothy is faithful like Paul told him to be hey the that what what I told you he said commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also
0: yeah that's right
1: Timothy uh, go find your own Timothy's
0: that's true and a good a good example of that uh, being in unity about what's right is is uh, a point that I've made a couple times since I've been here at faith Baptist about money and giving a lot of churches are uh they want to serve the lord they claim to want to do right and different things like that but uh if a pastor has a vision and he's trying to do a certain project and it costs money a lot of people will be against spending the money and they'll be worried about the money and different things like that but uh, in my lifetime i've been in church since 1974 and since i've been able to give of course when i was five years old i didn't have any money to give but since i've been able to give i've given money and i have never once wondered what the church is doing with it because i assume i assume that i assume that the leadership of the church knows what to do with it and i don't have to vote on spending you know, $2,000 or $50,000. I don't have to vote on that. I don't have to have my say in that because I gave it to God. It's not, it's not the congregation's money. It's not the pastor's money. It's God's money. That's it. But God did put a man there to oversee those things. And uh, if you've got a guy that's crooked, he could, uh, you know, he could, he could take advantage of that and do, he could do some dirty things with that kind of trust, but we're trying not to have dirty guys in the pulpit to begin with. Right. So, I mean, uh, you'll get some bad ones, but that's a chance you take in life. You get bad ones.
1: Right. But see, if this, if this thing with Paul finding Timothy's, if that, if that process is there, like it should be, that's a good way of sifting through all of those knuckleheads.
0: Right. Exactly. You're exactly so,
1: right. I, I mean, you know, you it, it's like a dog chasing its tail. Well, I, I don't trust this guy behind the pulpit to know what to do with the money. Well, right. who, whoever it was that put him there, whoever it was that recommended him to the church or whatever, they thought he, you know, was trustworthy. Right. So, you know, whether right or wrong, I mean, to a certain degree, that's now pinned on their shoulders.
0: Right. Uh, a good question would be, if you, uh, let, let, you're the pastor of the church there, but just supposing you're you're the guy sitting in the pew, if you don't trust the, your pastor to have enough wisdom and spirituality to do right with a checkbook, can you really trust him to lead you and guide you in your spiritual affairs on a weekly uh-huh. basis? That is in the qualifications in the book of Timothy. Yeah. Um, that's the guy you got, you got to have, you got to have the guy that you can, that you can, uh, a guy that's leading his own household well, and all these right. things, those are qualifications that put the guy there to begin with, so a guy you can't trust for, in carnal things, you probably can't trust him, well, the, the, the question was to you, can you, can you trust the guy spiritually that you can't trust physically,
1: uh, it'd, be, it'd be very difficult. I, ha- I have made that same <clears throat> comment in in the church here, pastoring here at the church, uh, and it sounds arrogant. It sounds like it's a vibrato. It does, <clears throat> but but I mean, you got to think about it rationally, reasonably. Use use a little common sense. I've presented that same line of thought to to this church this way. Uh, here I am. I'm a pastor. I am supposed to know what I'm doing at least to some degree. Okay. But I recognize that there may be things that I've got room to grow on. Sure. I can, I can be taught. I really can be taught. I'm looking for that information on a regular basis. That's why I listen to preaching myself. Right. I didn't, I didn't quit listening to preaching the day that I became a pastor.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> that's just, that's stupid. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to, I reasonably cannot take advice on how to pastor a church from a guy who's sitting in in some church and doesn't even have his own family in order. Right. I mean, you don't take a man in the secular workforce who has failed and failed and failed and failed and and then promote him. Right. Uh, That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So along those same lines of reasoning, you don't take a guy who's not being able to run his family correctly. And then that guy sit there and criticize a pastor and say, well, you're not doing this right. Well, eh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Maybe he's not. But my soul, man. You know, it just, you know, this is the situation that the Lord was talking about. You pulling a moat out while you got a beam That's out right. of your eye. That's true. So, you know, hey, he, yeah. If I if I didn't have confidence in a pastor's ability to manage his own finances, man, it'd be very difficult to have confidence in him, in spiritual things.
0: Right. Right.
1: And and i I'll, I'll say this. I'll flip that around and say this. I believe it's possible for a fellow to learn to have confidence in his pastor regarding financial issues if he'll learn to recognize that his pastor's trustworthy in spiritual issues. Right.
0: You yep. right. Sit,
1: sit under a guy who, you, you sit under a pastor, let's say here's, here's a guy he sits under a pastor who's clueless when it comes to finances. Okay, fine. Well, when he gets up and preaches, man, every time he gets up and preaches, God's dealing with your heart god's pointing things out in your life that needs to be corrected you're growing you're learning things well i mean if god can open up the bible to that fella about all of that stuff what's what makes you think god can't open up the bible to him about financial issues
0: right exactly
1: uh, it just yeah man you can trust the lord 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 can get through to that fella
0: yeah and if you've got a if you've got a pastor or a preacher, saying an evangelist, or somebody like that. If you've got, if you see a guy who's growing himself, then there's no question in my mind that that you would grow with him by listening right. to what he's talking about. Especially now, the guy could be a jerk, right? And he could be putting on a show, right? Here, a lot of people do this. A preacher will get into a congregation, and he will. He will preach and some people don't like it. And maybe it's a majority of the people that don't like it. He'll kind of bend himself to what they want. He'll preach another message. They didn't like that. He'll stay away from that topic. What the congregation sees uh, is a guy that's maturing. Yeah. And all he's really doing is pulling the wool over your eyes. So people be willing to follow that. But if you see a guy that preaches a sermon and then like six weeks later he comes and says you know i was sorry i'm sorry about this Uh, i said this a couple weeks back i was wrong about that the lord showed me this this is uh, i'm more confident in making this statement you see a a guy that can grow spiritually and doctrinally uh, you know the qualifications for a bishop in the book of timothy doesn't have uh, a lot of it doesn't have a lot of of requirements but there are a few requirements there and there's enough requirements there to where you can get a guy that you can at least pay attention to long enough to see if he is growing himself And right if he's growing himself and he's lacking in one or two of those qualifications and there's more qualifications than just what's found in timothy but say you see a guy that's that's uh apt to teach he's got the aptitude to teach and and he's given the hospitality and and he is making you know an attempt at several of those qualifications even if he's not perfect maybe he's young he's not perfect uh but he's not a novice either you could see him growing i think i could have i, I would have no problem sitting under a guy that way sure. but, but if i had a guy that uh, that was not Trustworthy in any of those areas, and if if I knew he wasn't trustworthy at all, if he if he you know if he had a track record of stealing money, sure, then sure. you know I'm not going to trust him spiritually or physically. That's but right. If he's if he's making progress in his own life, then he's probably doing something right. And I think we uh, you know we probably labored that point enough, but. But yeah, it's a very important thing, very important yeah. for independent churches. absolutely. Maybe independent churches ought to be more more particular but if let's see a lot of things you said over the course of that little line of thought right there makes you a you know a legalist or close minded. Some Baptists would even call you a bigot or judgmental, but i I think it's all wise and you know sound sense there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I don't see. It, it's really a road of liberty. It, right. it really is. It, 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 it seems on the surface at the uh, at the entryway of that path, it seems to be very narrow and, and it is a narrow path. But once you get on that path, man, you find out that you've got more liberty there than you do anywhere else.
0: Yeah, a, a narrow path is is actually easier to walk because you don't you don't have uh, seventy five feet of uh, variance yeah. on each side to that to worry about you. Right, it's your conscious is less affected by a, a narrower path because you don't have that much stuff to worry about. That's right. But at any rate, let's get back to uh, Sunday. Um, you preached yesterday morning. Um, I know you had something that you wanted to say, and you said that. That's probably on record. Uh, You probably said a lot of things that you wanted to say, but maybe in your sermon something you might have wanted to say but didn't get around to, a point you might think you said but didn't make clear enough. What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't really think, I don't really remember anything yesterday morning that I said uh, I missed. I was actually looking for my notes right here. I think everything that I had intended to say, it actually came came out how I was trying. To, the bigger struggle was last night. I was trying to convey this idea of uh, standing in state and dealing with uh, the Christian's position in Romans chapter 6. And Boy, I... I I feel it's one of those situations to where you feel like you have it understood in your mind, but when you start to try to explain it, it comes out like melted butter across the pulpit.
0: It <laughs> makes you feel kind of stupid, don't it?
1: Yes, yes, like an absolute imbecile. And so, you know, sometimes you get folks are really paying attention and then at other times it looks like that dog looking at you and cocking their head when you holler at them or something, you know, well, what? Right. So I, it, you're not, not really sure, but then, you know, we had folks respond at the invitation last night and I didn't really, I didn't really give an invitation last night, but folks responded. So oh, man, man it, it's kind of, kind of wild, man. The Lord, I, it seems to me that the Lord was working. So
0: yeah, it's a, it's such a mystery. And I've said this a million times, but that there's a strange work that God does in men's heart. And if you if you try to do it while you're preaching, uh, and people will respond to people, you've All got right. people out there that are masters at manipulating people into whether it's using emotional things or or whatever. There there are masters at that, and you got to really separate yourself. You you really as a preacher. You want to get the best messages you can and you 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 want to preach the best message that you can but you really right. have to you have to even if you think you got the best message you've ever preached or the best outline you've ever made out you really have to leave that at your desk yeah. your thoughts about the sermon you have to leave it at your desk and trust the Lord to, to do something but in the morning yeah. time yesterday Sunday school and the morning service uh I had very good liberty in my mind. I had uh you know uh, the the Sunday school message I had preached before at people's but the the morning service message had still had real good liberty and listen a lot of liberty there's liberty in the Holy Spirit, and there's liberty in having had preached a sermon before so there's more than one kind of liberty but the the evening service i had never preached the sermon before and i had probably never preached a sermon like it before that's very difficult on a preacher some evangelists are great evangelists because they have that liberty that comes from having preached a sermon before or the fact that their sermons are alike in a lot of ways uh, in their structure and different things like that. But, uh, last night, uh, I didn't really feel a lot of Liberty. Although the, the message that I was trying to get across, uh, was there, uh, but the getting the words untangled from a messy brain and making them come across, uh, you know, across your lips. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I stumbled in, uh, there was a lot of times I, I could feel that it's probably only like a three second pause but in your mind standing in front of a couple hundred people it seems like you just pause for like you know 15 minutes but there was a lot of that but there was still uh, the message came across and uh, good response and praise the Lord for that uh, The uh, hopefully the message was Will, will stick in the people's mind, and and that the dangers that were talked about in the message won't ever come to pass, for this church or for your church either. Uh, right. But uh, the Lord, I think, oftentimes does more with sermons than than we think He does, and that's again, that's a strange work that God does. And then at the end of this there's always whether you preach real good or whether you preach real bad there's a guy that comes up to you after service and says yeah that what you were saying you know and he gives you an interpretation of what you were saying that is absolutely not what you were saying and you think to yourself man What, what did I mess up? And then you asked somebody else that heard the same sermon. He said, no, I heard it this way. And the way he heard it was exactly the way you said it. And so you can't tell me that there's something, whether it's spirit of man or spirit of God, that's working in a congregation. Some people I think can hear the voice of God in a sermon. And I don't mean my voice is the voice of God or your voice is the voice of God. It's just that some people, I believe God closes their ears to what's being said and some people God opens their ears to what's being said and there's a spiritual transaction going on, no question. Yeah.
1: There's no doubt. That's there's a verse in Proverbs that I have to in in regards to that it says uh a man's heart deviseth his way but the lord directeth his steps yeah and you can see that principle dealing with uh with micaiah dealing with uh ahab and king ahab and king jehoshaphat you know this guy they have this interaction between them and micaiah li- lies to him tells him yeah go up at Ramoth gilead you're gonna have you know victory and Ahab immediately knows that Mike is lying. And Mike turns right around and says, Yep, I'm lying. Here's what happened up in heaven. Saw this spirit. Y'all go down and be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. And they go up and do it anyway. Right. And the thing that blows me away is it, it seems like, uh, well, Proverbs, I forget what chapter it, it is. There's a. It's chapter, it's somewhere around chapter four, five, or six, but he says, my son, incline thine ear. And that, if that inclination is not there, if that humility is not there towards the Lord, you're going to hear something. But what it is, man, that, oh, my soul, it depends on your attitude, what you approach.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's a real good, that's a good saying right there. That there's, that's definitely truth. Definitely truth all right listen we got 38 minutes right here we'll try to make this about 40 minutes let me hear from you about you you've been there two years uh you said you got a lot of things done with the buildings and stuff when and i know for a fact those things needed to be done and i'm sure you at along the same lines you uh, along the same time you got some spiritual things done uh, and you said you were going to um do some things differently than I've done it, which is absolutely right. You should do things according to your own mind as far as, you know, as long as, you, you know, the Lord leading you what? and all that stuff. Uh You probably had, you may or may not have had some pushback. I know people like to have it done the same way the old preachers done and stuff like that. Well, that, all that being in the past, it looks like you're on a roll now. um and I say that but you know when you said it's going to be this way brother Mike did it this way but we're going to do it this way you may or may not have got some pushback from that but whether you did or whether you didn't tomorrow or next Sunday's going to come Wednesday night's going to come next Sunday's going to come what are you looking forward to and, and maybe you're only looking forward to Wednesday night maybe you don't have long term plans but what would you like to see happen in the next two years if the Lord um, let you be there that long
1: I, I would really like to see uh, the church uh, get a much better uh, uh, a much better appetite for seeing people saved oh, yeah. uh, I, I really believe that we're right on the verge I, I believe we're right on the verge of seeing that revival uh, that that little spark of revival begin to. Uh, be lit in the hearts of the congregation as a general whole uh, I think it's taken this long because there were some things that I had to learn I, I came in with a preconceived notion of how it was going to be when I pastored I've been here for two years and have found that it it wasn't entirely opposite of what I thought but there were a lot of things that I just I, I didn't know were even, issues that I didn't even know that those issues were in in existence right So those things had to be processed Uh had to pray about them still praying about them and as a result the Lord helped me see some things learn some things and so the Lord has begun it it looks like that the Lord's begun to not only deal with my heart but deal with the hearts of a lot of folks in the church about wanting to see people saved and so uh, what i'm really trying to do i want to see folks saved i want to see numbers but i also want to see that spiritual development in the hearts of the folks that are here you know i could die tomorrow i could pass away next week uh, god forbid but if something that tragic took place i'd like for this not to die with me or you know my assistant or whoever is here right i'd like for people to be able to say yeah man this has got to be carried on let's let's win some more people to christ
0: oh amen amen well, That uh sounds like uh, the last night's sermon from at faith baptist church we don't want the thing to end and it, yeah. the day and time that we're living in very fragile time yes yes it very is fragile time all right my brother uh we'll We'll uh, pick this up and do this again next week. I appreciate you spending forty minutes with me. Uh, I thought that it was—I uh, was a little nervous about trying to do this. I, I felt like it would feel scripted, and of course, we just got on the phone and started talking. And we do this a lot, so we know how to talk to one another. But it's uh, been a good—been a good forty minutes. I appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Have a good day, brother.
0: All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Right, Bye. Bye. All right, we appreciate you staying with us. We appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in to this. I hope it was a blessing to you. I always get a blessing talking to Brother Nathan, and we don't always get to talk every week, but it's always uh, a blessing to talk to Brother Nathan, uh, a man that would rather talk to you about the Bible than than most anything else, and he can talk about a lot of things. He's a pretty smart guy and uh, He's a young fella, but he has uh, got a handle on the book far beyond his years. And I appreciate him. Matter of fact, I'm the assistant pastor here at uh, Faith Baptist Church. And Brother Nathan was, uh, was my associate pastor in Folkestone for probably about eight years. And I learned uh, to be a pastor actually before I learned to be an associate pastor. And Brother Nathan gave me a lot. Of uh, instruction during his time as my associate pastor to help me be able to do the job that I do here. And I have a pastor to answer to here, and uh, Brother Nathan helped me a lot in that. So, without drawing this out any further, we thank you for joining us today and hope you get a blessing out of it. Hope you uh, heard some things that you needed to hear and needed to learn over the course of the conversation. Pray for Brother Nathan. Pray for that church down there. We appreciate your prayers for us here at Faith Baptist Church. And we'll talk to you next
1: time. Thanks a lot.